1: I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. On today's episode, we're talking about making the most out of college.
2: You have this thing that you say when you get on your
1: soapbox. Classes get in the way of the college experience. That's it. What are you implying when you make that comment? All right, so nobody is going to give you a job because you took some class. They want you to have actual skills and abilities and experience. Okay. So sometimes, if you're focusing so much on your classwork... That means you're not getting internships, you're not able to really study the material because you're just focused on passing your classes. Absolutely. And you know what, honestly,
2: as I think about every interview that I've gone on, no one's ever asked me what grades I got in class. It's kind of automatically assumed that you're competent to a certain level to be able to come in and do what the employer is asking for you to do but there is some correlation here, right the the a means something does it mean that we're learning
1: or does it not
2: mean that we're learning i think
1: some students they get the a and they've really learned a lot of skills and some students get the a or get the decent grade because they crammed the night before the test and then they forget it right after If the grade isn't representative of your actual abilities, then who cares what the grade is? Understood. And on the resume, maybe two, three years after school, you don't even put the GPA anyway. Okay. It's really not that important. What would be a building block that someone could create while they're taking a class? So let's say in the world of psychology where I'm from, you take the stats classes so that you can join a research lab. The class opens the door to be in the research lab. But if you don't join the lab, then what good is taking the stats class yeah, again? You just regress,
2: yeah, basically. Sure. <laughs> right? Two months after stats, you're kind of like, all right, I knew what this
1: meant while I was in stats class, but I vaguely remember now. Yeah, it's like it's learning really a language. You take a bunch of German classes or whatever. Well, stats you... is learning a language. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you're going to forget if you don't put it into practice. Okay. And it's not just... The on-campus lab, you might be volunteering, you might be getting internships, you might be getting some kind of job. And when you're trying to get your career started, that's what the interview is going to be about. No one's going to say like, so how did that midterm go in (laughs) intro to English literature? If this seems overwhelming... How do you sort through your options? Well, here at UGA, we have the Student Success Center. It's like a one-stop shop to help you navigate the process and find the resources you need. To help us learn more, we have the Success
2: Center's director, doctor, very important doctor, Kara Simmons on the show. Let's turn to that interview now. Tell us about your role and how the Center helps students prepare for life in and after college.
0: Okay, so my role is to make sure that there is a vision for the center. You know, where do we want to go? How do we want to serve students? And so our mission centers around basically maximizing every student's opportunity for success and sort of a personalized approach. And so we do this in a variety of ways. We have touch points from recruitment all the way to graduation. So we we often meet students when they're interested in our college. Then they come here for orientation, academic advising. They get involved in our student organization. Love it. Love it. They apply for our scholarships. We see them as they, they're getting ready to end their career. So it's a really exciting time okay. um, for us when they have realized their dream of graduating from the University Absolutely. of Georgia.
2: Which which is huge. And I know that parents who are listening right now are thanking you <laughs> for the work that your uh, your center does. So we we talked about the missions, financial support. All <laughs> right. I'm just going to put financial I do, support. I, want,
0: I do want to add that right, as soon as there. a student is admitted and they have one of our majors in the College of Family and Consumer Sciences they can apply for scholarships. Absolutely. So just want to make that known.
2: All right. So you know. <laughs> so if you're not applying, there's a problem there. You definitely need to go see Kara. So, Kara, quick question for you. Are there any numbers that you have that would demonstrate the impact of a student who maybe comes to see you as compared to contrast it with the
0: student who doesn't? Well, I would say... You know, we have as many as 1,500 students, undergraduate students in particular in our college. One of the things that I just like to note is that we have the opportunity to interact with almost 20,000 people within a year just due to the recruitment that we do, the orientation and academic advising and just people that come into our office. Whoever walks in that door, whoever we interact with, even if we've heard the question a million times, they've only said it once and that's how we respond. Understood. We've probably seen between August and through yesterday approximately over 2,000 two students who've come into our office for academic advising related Love it. issues. You know, scholarships, it varies. You okay. know, there's some that, you know, you may not get as much as you want, but then there are opportunities where students may get up to $1,500 or more in scholarships to support their academics or...
2: Yeah, books aren't cheap. Yes. So <laughs> or to go on <laughs> study abroad. Um, scholarships as well. And you all are a holistic center. So, what are some of the ways you address students' needs outside of what usually comes to mind when we
0: think of college? We have Bulldog Basics, okay. which is a, it used to be a closet, but basically we have three locations where students can come in and take hygiene or self-care items for free, wow. anonymously. Okay, And so this could range from razors to shampoo, soap, anything that's hygiene or self-care I related. I love
2: that idea because a lot of people, I don't think, realize how many students on a college campus, mm-hmm. even though that they're here, they're homeless mm-hmm. in some respect where they don't have family support or, or resources exactly. and they're just trying to make it work. That That is that's incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I, one of my sort of guiding things, if a student can get here, we need to be, do whatever we can Love to help it. them stay here. Love it. Um, and so another initiative that we have is called Get Into Career Gear. And that is aimed ba- aim to put students into clothing attire that they need for presentations, okay. internships, first jobs, anything that might necessitate that type of attire. And it's with a targeted group of students who've been identified through certain avenues. So academic advisors, student care and outreach at the University of Georgia, where basically in a pop-up shop type setting, they can come and choose from clothing and accessories. So not a high number, but it's enough to make an impact on that one individual student.
2: So what I'm hearing here is that student success isn't necessarily just this moment where, it's time to graduate, and I need to get my resume done, or I need to do a mock interview, or whatever it may be. There are touch points every step of the way, mm-hmm. depending on where a student is, that can be just as invaluable with regards to their ability to matriculate or to, to become a college graduate someday. That can be, it can be a thing that happens in freshman year,
3: mm-hmm. or
2: it can be a thing that happens in senior year. And it's not just this one point in time. There are multiple touch points is what I'm hearing here. Yes. That actually is a holistic approach
0: exactly. to student My success. Word. Yeah, that's exactly say what it. I was going to say. Proud. Holistic, <laughs> yes. I mean, we call of, it out. We pride ourselves at looking at the whole student. I mean, students come into college with their own set of experiences. And so we need to try to figure out, okay, where, where is this student? How can we get them to where they want?
2: I want to kind of switch gears a little bit here. A recent Gallup poll across 46 random colleges found that fewer than 20% of undergraduates utilize career services. Said another way, 80% of students don't. What would you like to say to encourage the 80% to go and at least just check it out?
0: We are here for you. The majority of the people that work on a college campus have a sincere interest in the success of students. Absolutely. Um, and so we are here to help you. Sounds like success is a
2: success along the journey.
0: Exactly, and it's not all there's, about a there's journey. not
2: necessarily it's not about the finish line. It's being successful along the way, mm-hmm. and you all are there to to have touch points at every point of a pivotal position, we which which sounds pretty amazing to me.
0: Uh, I wish that, honestly. It's my dream job. I will say someone asked me, you know, what does your dream job look like? And I said, I'm in it right now.
2: Being said, how do students and families go about contacting you all to get the information they need to just take the first step?
0: We are located in Dawson Hall, pretty much centrally located on campus. We're in suite 112. Students sometimes refer to our office as the Dolphus.
2: The Dolphus. So,
0: you know, we'll take that. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. We have lots of opportunities for people to come and visit, whether that's an individual visit or actually through some of our info sessions and tabling events that we have. And all of this can be found at our website, which is www.fcs.uga backslash ssac and we also have a really cool email address it's okay. success at UGA. Oh, easy. so really easy. easy so if you can't remember any of the other stuff remember success at uga.edu
2: thanks again to kara for coming on to the show we hope she motivated you to get involved what are the next steps if you're a student most colleges have some version of a student success center. So speak with your academic advisor to find out where to find it or get off the snap or the gram for one moment and Google
1: what support services are at your institution. If you want to go to a research grad school, you really, really, really need research experience. Speak to your professors. You may be able to join their labs to get experience. And when you apply to grad school, they can help you get accepted into their colleagues' labs.
2: And honestly, getting research experience can be useful to anyone. Working in a lab is pretty similar to the workplace. You collaborate with teammates, collect and analyze data, problem solve, and most importantly, you get to understand the value of every contribution made to the project.
1: Okay, maybe you're rolling your eyes like you have no interest in joining a research lab. Fair enough. But you then need to get experience somewhere else, like holding an office within a student organization or getting a job. Yeah, meaningful work is good for the soul. More on getting a job after the break.
2: Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood & Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z dot com.
1: You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA Athens. 91.7
2: and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from UGA's Department of Financial Planning, Housing, and Consumer Economics, providing teaching, research, and outreach to support families' and communities' economic well-being. FHCE.UGA.EDU. Why are you looking so frazzled? (sighs) Man, did you know, according to Business Insider, 70% of jobs aren't even listed publicly? And, according to LinkedIn, 85% of jobs are found through networking. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, that's so
1: high. What? No, that's really low. I thought the guild of people who know people was the only place to get a job. The guild? What are you talking about? The guild. The secret society where everyone who's a member is happy and successful, and everyone who isn't is stressed out and sad. Hold on, hold on. How am I just hearing about this now? You ever go on social media, and yeah. it seems like all your friends have these awesome lives where nothing bad ever happens? Yeah. <laughs> They're Guild members. Well, I'm about to
2: graduate, and I'm freaking out that I don't know the right people to help me land my dream job.
1: Y- you know what? Let's let's just go to the Guild right now. Like, right now, right now? Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Oh, the Guild has entrances everywhere. In fact, there's one right down the hall in the Georgia Center. And we can just walk in. Well... Kinda, I'll explain on the way. The easy part is finding an entrance. The real trick is knowing the password. And what's the password? Well, it depends on the person. Okay, here we are. Dude, we're staring at a wall. Just hold your horses. First we knock, then a panel opens, voila. Whoa, are you serious? Dude, look at all this stuff. Yeah, hang on. Okay, that should do it. Who goes there? I'm Matt, and I'm a professor of personal finance here at UGA. I can help with pro bono financial literacy seminars.
2: Oh yes, welcome back. And who be this? Oh, uh, this be Michael, and uh, I'm looking to land my dream job. So
1: are lots of people, denied. Wait, 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 wait! What What happened? No! Oh boy, we've got to work on your elevator pitch. My
2: elevator pitch? Come on, man. It's not like I'm selling something. Well, you kind of are. You've got to sell
1: people on how you can help them with their goals.
2: I mean, don't I already do that all the time as a counselor? Sure, but the guild doesn't know that.
1: Okay, how about this? I'm
2: Michael, and I'm a PhD-educated financial counselor who provides financial guidance to people who lack access to competent and compassionate financial advice. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Hold on. What is it this time? I'm Michael. I'm a PhD-educated financial counselor who provides financial guidance to people who lack access to competent and compassionate financial advice.
1: I've heard enough. You have shown yourself to meet the criteria of the Guild. Purpose, initiative, and service you may enter. Welcome to the Guild of People Who Know People.
2: Wow, this is amazing. Man, look at all of these amazing people, this
1: is crazy. That's right, they're here, they're all here. Whoa, whoa, who is that? That's Ed Wynn, renowned comedian and early film star. Well, that's right, pleasure to have you with us. Nice to meet you.
2: I've been dead for 50 years! Okay. Oh!
1: Look! That's John Mulaney! I used to be an alcoholic. Now I just look like a child! Alright, honestly, I've never watched
2: any of your stand-up comedy, but I bet it's awesome, John.
1: Oh, thank you. Sometimes when I'm walking down the street, I get nervous. Oh my goodness. And there's Elvis? Are you serious?
2: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Matt, this is incredible. Man, I didn't realize I just needed to get out there and meet some new people.
1: Yeah, but let's actually find you someone who can help you with your career. Over there, over there. Dude, that's that's Senator Elizabeth Warren. Oh my goodness. Well, go over there and introduce yourself. Like
2: really? Okay, all right. All right, Mike, don't mess this up, Mike. Don't mess this up, Mike. Hello. Senator Warren, my name is Michael Thomas, and I am a huge advocate of the work that you do to inform and protect the rights of consumers. Just to get to the point here, what can I do to support your efforts and the work of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau?
1: Okay, Mike, we got to get back to the rest of the show. (laughs) Okay, speaking
2: of which, I know how to get to the Guild. How do we help our listeners find
1: entrances to the Guild? Well, if you're still in college, a good place to start is the Career Center. Hey, Mike, do you know what services our Career Center offers? Too many to count.
2: George's Career Center is amazing, so amazing that we invited Brittany Smith on a show to get an insider's take on what goes down in the CC, what goes down, what goes down in the CC, what goes, what goes down. <laughs> Dude, why are you looking at me like that? CC as in Career Center? Get
1: it? No. All right, you obviously need some swag. Anyways, Brittany is a career consultant with UGA's Career Center. Her focus is on students in the College of Family and Consumer Sciences and the School of Social Work. Let's listen in. Brittany, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, thank you for having me.
1: So you're a senior career consultant. What does that mean?
3: I work in the UGA Career Center, and I serve two populations here on campus, our College of Family and Consumer Sciences and our School of Social Work. Basically, my job is to meet the career and professional development needs of all students in those colleges. So that's everything from a first or second year undergraduate student who is kind of still trying to figure out what career direction they want to take, to a second year MSW student who may have 15 years of experience in another career field and is now job searching for the first time in this new field.
1: So you see some people one-on-one, somebody comes into to your office and they're saying, mm-hmm. I thought this was my career, it's not my career anymore, and right. you're there to help them out.
3: Right. So we do those one-on-one hour-long appointments. But we also meet with students in a couple other ways. So we have our walk-in hours where students can come in just with a 10 or 15 minute question. So we do those every day in the Career Center, but we also do satellite hours where we're going out into the colleges that we serve and doing those hours right there next to their classrooms. The other piece there is resources. So some of our faculty have wanted to provide mock interviews for all of their students. For example, we subscribe to a resource called Big Interview, where students can log in and use their webcam to have the computer ask them interview questions, and they record back their responses.
1: So it's not just, this is what you can do with a career. Let's actually make you a better interviewee And that's really cool that the professors are there looking at these mock interviews.
3: Yeah, so I've done it with two different classes, in fact. So I've done it with a fashion merchandising class where I actually was able to create an assignment where the questions are specific to the students in that industry or that field. So it may ask a question there about what have you seen in terms of fashion trends in the last five years?
1: Let's deep dive into this example a little bit. So you have a question like what's going on in the last five years? What sorts of things did you see students doing when they answered that question the first time before they got any feedback? Were there any, like, silly things that they did?
3: I think a lot of students, it's really the first time when we're doing these practice interview type situations that they've really thought about, oh, I might be asked this type of question. It's a low-pressure environment for them to be hearing these questions for the first time.
1: Right. So when they immediately go, um well, they can do that in front of you.
3: Exactly. Instead
1: of in front of the person that's now not going to hire them. Exactly. <laughs> Good. Do you see other big interview errors that students are making when you, you see them for the first time?
3: I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see made when I'm doing practice interviews with students is lack of reflection about specific stories and examples that they want that employer to know about. We're seeing employers move more towards those behavioral-based questions, so things like, tell me about a time where you had to manage multiple tasks and priorities to accomplish a project. They're asking these questions so that they can hear past examples of where the student has displayed the skill set, but the student wants to stay very general with their answer. So they want to say... Well, I did that all the time as a student where I was working and had a part-time job where that employer really wants them to hone in on a specific example where they can display that they have that skill set. It's just because they haven't taken the time to reflect and think about what specific stories display their skill set in a meaningful way.
1: So then you can coach these students through some of those stories.
3: Exactly. And I think a lot of it is just awareness of what that employer is really looking for in terms of a skill set, in terms of some of the overarching qualities that employers are expecting from our recent college graduates, as well as what would be specific to that position.
1: So those stories that they're telling in the interviews, they can also come out on resumes. And that's another big thing that you all do at the Career Center.
3: Absolutely. So... We really work with students, kind of like I was saying before, from all ends of the spectrum. So we may have students who come in and they have a resume that they haven't touched since high school. So we can help sort of get it up to date with what the standards would be for a typical college resume to a student who has done a lot but hasn't really put that onto paper yet. So a lot of that is drawing out, you know, what are some of the skills that you developed in these positions, A common situation that we have with a lot of students is they've done these great things. So they've had leadership positions on campus. They've done really cool projects in the classroom where they're getting to work hands-on, working in groups, building some of those skills that employers really are looking for. But students don't think about how that applies to the world of work.
1: common thing I see in resumes I review, and uh, you know I teach this giant class, so I send so many students at the Career Center now. Mm-hmm. You're welcome uh, for that. Uh, <laughs> and so I see all the time where someone will say, I was a lifeguard my junior year of high school, and I got paid for that. So that needs to go front and center of my resume. But then all these clubs and the student groups, it'll just say at the very bottom, President of the Insurance Society, President of the mm-hmm. Latino Student Society. It's like, Why are those just
3: lines?
1: You probably did all sorts of amazing stuff there.
3: Exactly. It's hard for them to differentiate between what they've always known, which is applying for a position where it's asking for your work history, which to them means what was I paid for? And then they don't see the value in these student organizations where they're managing budget for a group of 500 students and they like you were saying just have that in one line at the bottom of their resume. So a lot of what we're doing is taking a look at that resume and finding those things and saying tell me more about that and then kind of changing the expectation from sort of the standard idea of work experience extracurriculars so that very high school mindset right. to everything you've done is considered experience how can we draw out the most relevant experiences based on this particular position that you're applying for
1: so career center can help out with big picture direction where you want to go specific interview tips resume tips what else do you guys do I and mean, this is already so much there's so many things you do is there other things that you do besides that
3: just starting from the beginning, we have career assessments. So, like you were saying, career direction, students kind of trying to still decide what major, what career might I be interested in. We actually have two consultants on staff who specifically serve our exploratory students or students who are still deciding on a major or career, and we work with those career assessments to help them learn a little bit more about themselves and how it relates to that process, all the way to facilitating those connections between students and employers. So we do that through things like our job shadowing program, where we have over 100 students every semester participating in that intern for a day program, where they're going to get some of that low-risk, hands-on experience where they can see, is this a good fit for me without committing to a full internship or a full-time position. Then we have our hand in 16 career fairs where employers are coming to campus specifically to meet our students. And we do on-campus recruiting. So in terms of physical space, half of the Career Center is dedicated to that on-campus recruiting function with interview rooms where employers actually are coming onto campus to interview our students. Another big thing that we do is manage a job and internship board specifically for UGA student. It's called Handshake. And right now there's over 9,500 active postings for jobs and internships, people specifically looking for UGA students and alumni.
1: So everything really, and this is like a personal finance show, and so much of personal finance comes back down to, are you making a decent amount of money? And where that For so many people, it's just, well, what's your job? Do you have a good job? Do you Mm -hmm. have good social connections? And it sounds like the Career Center might be the single best place to (laughs) to figure all that out on uh, any college campus. That said, you might not have as many students coming to the Career Center as we would hope. And what might be keeping someone from you guys? What are reasons you've heard that students have said, oh, I'm I'm not coming to you because...
3: Well, one piece of that is, I wish I had come sooner. But the other piece is, I felt like I couldn't come because I didn't have things figured out yet. So students are getting into this situation where they feel like they're not on the same level as their peers. And that's making them feel intimidated to come and talk to someone. We can really meet you where you are. We have the resources for every step of the process. So we would encourage students, if you're feeling stuck or if you're feeling like you're not on the same level as your peers, to come in and talk to someone in the Career Center. We are open all summer, so for students who are just listening to this now and maybe thinking that they need to wait until the fall, you don't need to wait. We're open all summer, and we can do phone appointments as well. So we're now doing online scheduling for appointments. Um, Students can schedule those appointments through their Handshake account, which they can access at uga.joinhandshake.com. And students can also check us out at our website, career.uga.edu, or follow us on whatever social media platform they're checking most often. We're on all of those social media platforms, and we're at UGA Career Center.
1: Awesome. Brittany, thank you so much.
3: Thank you for having me. This was really fun.
1: We usually think of the Career Center as preparing students for work after school, but there's value in going early and even trying to work while in school. Know that achieving extraordinary
2: heights of success is very rarely achieved alone. Matt and I both ask for and seek out help all the time. You're not alone in this matter. So when you go to
1: the Career Center, please understand that you are doing what successful people do. Need help with any of this stuff? Well, if you're a student at the University of Georgia, reach out to the Student Success Center or the Career Center.
2: You can also reach out to us
1: on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Even if you're not a student. And if you're somewhere else across the country, connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Is that it? I think so.
2: Thanks again to our guests, Kara Simmons and Brittany Smith. And thanks always to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett
1: Burke. And thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.